199 Seawall Drive in Berkeley. Tickets are now on sale at jaanc.org. For more information, please call 510-854-6413. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Jennifer Stone and Stone's Throw. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school, get your money every Friday. is Jennifer Stone with a reading from my memoir, Telegraph Avenue, then first published oh, long ago in 1977. Winter 1970 Revelation 9-3 And unto them was given power as scorpions of the earth have power. When the neighborhood rapist appeared in my bedroom at three o'clock one morning, I was sure it had happened before. I recognized the feeling as if it were death. I knew all along it was coming. Deja vu. Black with a hat on. As gently as an ancient, I asked him what was the matter. He told me. I comforted him with all my skills, he assured me he would not hurt my children if I did what he told me. He had been through the house, seen the boys' blonde heads on their pillows. What he could see of my room in the dark made him think I was Asian. I could have been. I could have been anything. Geisha woman, goddess, what must be understood is that he believed me. A man found a ladder in the basement 
broke into my home through a bathroom window, threatened the lives of my children, would not let me move or turn on a light. And under these circumstances, I convinced him he made me happy. He promised not to frighten the children. He was lavish with his compliments. He said, I had a snatch like a 16-year-old. All his misery poured forth. He talked about the lousy treatment he'd gotten from women. All they needed was a rod in the right place, he said. Then they knew who they were. I consoled him. He began to give me advice. He told me how careless it was to come home late at night. I mean, (laughs) a cartload of friends had driven me to my door about midnight. I'd forgotten my key and gone around to the back, making a lot of noise, calling attention to myself. Porch light was on, he said, so he could see I was wearing a miniskirt. He told me he could break into any house in the neighborhood. And what was I doing alone in a place like this? Was I on welfare? I told him I was a high school English teacher. He was very impressed. He told me I must learn to be careful because this whole neighborhood was full of real bad men. They could be watching my Finally, he got out of the bed and said goodbye with a sort of wistful sneer. He would go out the back way so as not to wake the children. After I heard the door close, I tried to get up. I moved to the end of the bed. Some time later, I heard a dog howling somewhere. I tried to get up again. I walked along the wall until I came to the back door. I locked it. I got to the living room, lay down on the sofa. After a while, I could hear birds outside. I found the children buried in their sleeping bags. I unzipped the bags to make sure they had enough air. It's been a long time now. I sleep in my clothes. I lock my children in their rooms, lock myself in mine. Sometimes I sleep on the sofa next to the phone. The worst thing is I don't know what he looks like. Black, high cheekbones. That's about all. Every time I see a black man with his profile, I have to wonder. Finally, I move, retrench in a safe neighborhood. It's my own fault. Damn, I thought I was a white man. I thought I could live as I liked, that the world would love me for being myself. Zen slap. My encounter with the facts. I've got 
to forget it. It happens all the time. But the nightmare always comes back. It's always the same, and it's always different. Sometimes he comes through the walls. Sometimes he just drops by with friends, and then suddenly I know that's him, and he was there all the time without my seeing, and when I realize this, I can't breathe, and I am smothered awake. It's the feeling of suffocation from fear. It's the I-can't-scream dream. When the police took me to the hospital, I was afraid to give my name because my older sister works in the medical records office there. And if she found out what happened, i never live it down. Nightmare. Three weeks after the rape, 1970. A tornado crossing the plains is her fallopian tube sucking up the earth and all its creatures into the maelstrom, chewing them gently as it sinks and spreads out into a vagina, collapses into hundreds and hundreds of little vaginas, all hairy and sweaty and rowdy and punching each other and shrieking and running off into the mountains, leaving their nightgowns thrown on the sand. She's the only one left now alone behind a barrel cactus, clinging to the thorns, hiding behind yellow desert flowers, staring in terror at a mottled Gila monster. Ah-ha! The Gila monster climbs up the other side of the cactus, his heavy tail sluggishly following him, his hideous tongue lashing side to side. His eyes do not see. She hisses and spits at him, when the Gila monster reaches the hairy, hysterical little vagina with her pink nightie on, she jerks and panics into a rabbit held by the ears. The Gila monster's tail erects and swells as he snaps his jaws shut, locked into the little bunny's belly, the monster vomits all the rotten, undigested, lethal muck from his tail through his heart. The poison puts out the sun. And now the cactus and the sand are burning in the darkness. They are scalded and blistered as radiation begins to rise. There are seashell skeletons rising to the surface of the sea. Hollow bone fragments orbit the earth. 
earth herself is honeycombed and porous now. Everything falls away, crumbling like a cracker. Footnote. Gila monster, a large, stout lizard with a rough, tuberculated skin and thick tail found in the arid regions of Arizona, New Mexico, etc. It is pinkish or dull orange and black in color and of a sluggish but ugly disposition. It sometimes obtains a length of about two feet. Also a closely allied form, H. Horridum of Mexico, which has an entirely black head. The bite of these lizards is venomous, called also beaded lizard. Its digestive system is primitive, and most of the food ingested is left to rot in its tail. Ah, Christmas 1970. Around the bend, there is life beyond politics. Once upon a time, we looked for it beyond the pale, then... It was called the Kingdom of Heaven. Now it is found beyond belief, and now it is called a psychosis. Spring 1971. This morning I went to see my acupuncture man. He's an ex-shrink. You're getting away with murder, he said. (laughs) Now I know why he's an ex-shrink. Of course, he could mean the cosmic murder, the silent acquiescence to evil, the daily death of spirit, the gentleman's agreement to ignore it. Or perhaps he meant the collective conspiracy, the... Illusion that we die one at a time, or maybe he was only being personal, mentioning my melancholy and advising me to wear bright colors. Black is back. I like my mourning. I designed my death wish to go with my dress. Mine are the ruminations of an atrophied soul. It's true, my higher self wants me dead, but the bitch won't kill me. If I died, I'd miss me quite a while. I watch the man slip a needle into my Achilles heel. (laughs) Of all of us, I tell him, it's me I'd miss the most. It's May 1971, last night. I talked too much again. I've got to stop talking so much. If I talk all the time like that, he'll think I'm so terribly lonely. Uh, That's what they think if you talk. 
Summer 1971, this bright, sober morning, it seems to me women are infinitely superior as a sex, but men are somehow better. I think that what I mean by that, or what I feel I mean when I say that, is that woman at her best can only express or personify that which is best in me. A man, on the other hand, is that mysterious other, my animus, my subconscious self, and is therefore the source of my dream. My dream, my day nightmare, turn back the sands of time. Let's live it over again. Sit by the stone wall at the foot of the sea cliff. Listen to the wind in the cypress trees and to the surf hitting the rocks. See the ashes of a beach fire blowing into the sunset. Hear my father calling me home. Cross the ice plant to the stairs that lead up the rocks to that beach house in La Jolla in the early 1940s. My mother is in the kitchen pouring her first drink. Are you lonely, my father asks her. And not always, she answers, rattling her ice. They begin their ritual argument. <laughs> Parenthesis C, plays of Henrik Ibsen and Harold Pinter. End parenthesis. <laughs> I run to my room, turn on the radio, drowning out the sounds of my parents' pain. My 16-year-old cousin is sitting naked on my bed with a full erection and a lewd grin on his face. I tried to sleep in a cave on the beach that night, but the shore patrol found me and brought me home. Fall 1971... Sex and money. On the way home from work this evening, I walked down to the beach to watch the sun go down. I tried to count the men I have known, really known and liked or even loved, but didn't work for or sleep with. There's my father, long dead, my brother, long dying, one childhood soulmate lost at puberty and one more. I can remember 39 lovers and 13 bosses. Winter solstice 1971. <laughs> I went out with a Tibetan New Age vegetarian who hung his dirty shirts all over his living room. He told me that whatever is, is to be adored. But I didn't. April 1972. 
Ah, the empty chair, the silent morning, the serene sheets. At last, they comfort me. It all belongs to me now. I know there is more to understand, but I've come this far. This is enough. Is wisdom more than love? What do men do when gods die? Grow up, I guess. Come out of their caves and pull themselves together. <laughs> Life without illusion. They say it's good for you. Brave new world without dependency. Without the significant other, what Virginia Woolf called the arm to lean on. I must believe the thing will get better. The people will grow beautiful and wise. What in hell am I saying? Nothing changes right about love. Say what I know, what I know. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. The furniture, the furniture of home. Skins of woolly mammoths, faint flickering fire. The smoke and the stench numb the sense. Stones, tools, and the paintings of the great beasts breathing from the walls and from the ceiling. Steam from the pot boiling on the stone. Sea creatures boiling in their shells. Abalone bowls in the hands of children. All of us waiting for his shadow. To return. It's July 1972, yesterday wasted. All the space taken up by my reactions to Anne. <sighs> Anne. Her father married my sister a few years ago. She has discovered me, chosen me as her mentor, fled her suburban existence for life in the fast lane. She's dropped out of college and flopped down on my sofa. <laughs> I am overcome by her thoughtlessness, my vision of my own higher sensitivity, heightened awareness, transcended consciousness, la di da I'm high-strung. My nervous system is frail, a thin epidermal wall. Raw ganglia wince and jerk within his psychic vibration. The existence of others plagues me. I resent them. Oh, Anne. With Anne, my energy is dissipated in irritation trying to find herself. Why doesn't she pick up all her snarled hair out of the tub when she shampoos? Her dependence always making ah, trouble. Always asking. Cigarettes, Tampax, Kleenex, toothbrush, toothpaste, phone calls, food and water for her dog, 
errands without end fetch and do for her and on and on to anger and guilt for not telling her to take care of herself because even that, even telling her to shape up or ship out is more effort than I want to make. I'm a coward when it comes to confrontation. And reads me letters from her mother. She spins her wheels endlessly about why others are so unfair to her. I talk and talk, try to explain the world. I pontificate, waste hours saying how things should be. I use poetry and philosophy to impress her. I burn with wisdom. I challenge her not to neglect her royal romance with individuality. Of course, I'm talking about myself. (laughs) Individuality and independence, which would lift her into pride, into the vanity of capacity, holding on, taking up her love in her arms, carrying it into the valley where she was born, finding the primal source and the vision, sought always, found at last, and known completely, only to be left once more on the sand beside the forest sea as one life ends and the next begins. Parentheses, I found the note above about Anne, written two years before she jumped off a building trying to kill herself. She can walk again now, but spends most of her time in institutions why didn't I tell her what I really felt? Maybe maybe it didn't matter. She wasn't much for reality, I see that now, but all that ephemeral junk. I might as well have told her virtue is his own reward. I'm not saying I could have helped, only I might have talked to her once instead of to myself. You've been listening to the voice of Jennifer Stone, reading from her memoir, Telegraph Avenue, Then. You can listen to all the chapters in our archives online at kpfa.org. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your mind.
marking two decades of frontline action for the wild buffalo, the Buffalo Field Campaign Roadshow is coming to the Bay Area on September 29th. Co-founder Mike Meese will bring engaging stories and films from the field with music by flutist Mignon Gelly and special guests. 7 p.m. at the Unitarian Fellowship Hall, 1924 Cedar Street in Berkeley. Volunteers from around the world spend every day sunrise to sunset monitoring and documenting threats to the buffalo, running patrols on skis and snowshoes to defend buffalo in their traditional habitat. This event benefits the Buffalo Field Campaign. Wheelchair accessible. That's Friday, September 29th. 510-548-3113 for info. We hope to see you there. This is Dennis Bernstein from the Flashpoints team. Are you singing the blues about corporate news? Are you interested in the news behind the censored news? Then your ticket to the truth is Flashpoints, the electronic canary in the coal mine of corporate disinformation. Tune into Flashpoints every weekday at 5 p.m. on KPFA listener-sponsored radio for the Bay Area and beyond. Thank you. Are you wanting support to resolve conflicts in your life? Do you wish you were better at creating a peaceful and just world? On Talk It Out Radio, Sundays from 7 to 8 p.m., we offer the skills of self-compassion, effective communication, and creating understanding across differences. Come listen, call in, and practice with us. Talk It Out. Talk It Out. Talk It Out Radio, Sundays, 7 to 8 p.m. on KPFA. I got a 